Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 9th of December 2018. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website at www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, where you can stream our broadcast and you will also find a number of previously aired episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name is Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic's Aquaculture Program and Marine Care Point Cook, and today's weather, a top of 22 degrees with a high chance of showers a bit later on, possibility of a thunderstorm, uh, wind from the south at 15 to 20 knots during the afternoon and seas of up to one metre. So as always, please take care if you're getting into our beautiful bay or waterways in the state of Victoria. Today I want to discuss the Great Victorian Fish Count, uh, which was conducted uh, yesterday morning, you know, amongst other locations, yesterday morning at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary for those volunteers that are members of Marine Care Point Cook. Uh, what I want to do is give our listeners a bit of a feel for what you can expect to see in the waters uh, at this time of year and how to enjoy the Marine Sanctuary safely. Um, I'll be back after this brief announcement. Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us and they say it's okay. You are just being killed for trespassing. 
subscribe to 3CR, bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch. They have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people. Who does the killing? The company has uh, specially arranged security forces. Subscribe today. Call 9419 8377. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Okay, uh, so this morning actually, uh, in, in, uh, it's probably underway as we speak I'm guessing, the Jawbone Marine Sanctuary Care Group are having their fish count out at the lovely uh, Jawbone uh, Marine Sanctuary which is located in Williamstown. Uh, it's the smallest marine sanctuary that we've got, 30 hectares. Uh, doesn't mean it's insignificant in its own way, I mean it's, there's a lot of uh, interesting sea life there uh, including fish of various, uh, various types and various species. Uh, we're looking at bony fish, things like flathead and zebrafish and all those sorts of things, as well as the uh, the elasmobranchs, uh, what you'd call your sharks and rays. Um, so there's lots of that out there at Jawbone. So a quick shout out to the crew at Jawbone Marine Sanctuary, David Speller and Sandy Webb et al. Um, hope they're having a terrific day out there today. And hope it's half as good as what we saw at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary yesterday. Yesterday, the weather was really, really, uh, uh, the, the conditions were really a bit of a mixed bag, but they, they were terrific overall. We had a fantastic day out at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary yesterday. There was, uh, ended up being something like 10 people in the water, um, five or six uh, buddy pairs that were, uh, that were out there, and we had a fantastic time. Basically, what we ended up finding was that uh, over the last couple of days, when you get a couple of days of uh, uh, stifling hot weather like we've had, uh, you generally have a northerly wind of course blowing and you, you know getting temperatures on Friday of 38 degrees the day before we got up to about 35 or 36 degrees. Um, the wind's coming from the right direction from the northerly but if it gets a bit too strong you can see the, uh, the, the sediments and so on get stirred up that uh, little bit and that can make uh, things a bit difficult as far as visibility goes. So yesterday we found there were sections of the marine sanctuary that were, were clear as a bell in the shallows you move a little bit further out and all of a sudden it gets really really murky and it sort of gave the appearance of topsoil I got asked on the day what are we how come the water's so murky and I think it's generally stuff that's been blown off the land and ended up in the water we were on the uh, uh, we were actually doing the snorkel at low tide um, that's an interesting time of day to do the uh, the the fish count because generally what you'll you, you talk to 10 snorkelers and 10 of them will tell you that the best time to go is high tide I've actually noticed that the low tide uh, tends to for, for whatever reason the fish do tend to be quite active in that environment at the low tide so it's quite an interesting uh, thing I, I don't tend to look at the tides much when I'm doing snorkeling or scuba diving when we're doing things like intertidal surveys of course if uh, if you're a foot underwater or, or two feet or three feet underwater then what that might mean is that uh, it's totally impractical you you want the, uh, the the critters that you're examining exposed uh, when the, the tide goes right out and it's all uh, all um, you know what would have previously been some Merged on the high tide is now available for sampling. So uh, it's one of those things that I don't look at much. Uh, I don't pay nearly as much attention to uh, to, to, to tides, um, rightly or wrongly, as I do to things like uh, uh, you know air temperature, water temperature, and the big one, wind direction and strength. Uh, those uh, those things are very very important. 
Anyway, so we found uh, some areas of the sanctuary were very murky. The, the basic pattern was clear in the shallows, uh, murky once we got out a bit further. And once we got out a bit further still, uh, it was really, really clear. Uh, it was fantastic. So when that water is so murky, it makes things pretty damn spooky because uh, what it means is visibility can go from literally we had the, the variation yesterday was somewhere between 10 metres uh, down to less than a metre. Uh, so when it gets to less than a metre, the issue there, of course, is you don't know what's underneath you. And as we saw yesterday, there were lots and lots of examples of uh, sparse, of uh, sorry, eastern shovelnose stingarees around, and they can provide quite a painful sting if you're uh, unlucky enough to step on one. And of course, the, the ray's unlucky enough to have you trot on its head or on its pectoral fins, those uh, those wings, in other words. And um, with the the water yesterday. Um, you know, when it is murky, you've got to be very, very careful and just cruise along and then wait until it gets clearer and then away you go doing your duck dives and all that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a fantastic environment to uh, to be in. Uh, water temperature yesterday is about 19 degrees. And one of the uh, things with getting into the water uh, at this time of year, uh, yes, it provides, um, you know, relief from the heat if you're uh, stuck in um, working away and then 38 degrees in the shade and you want to come home, you're going to jump into the cold water and you're going to love it. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. When you're doing something like the fish count we were in there for exactly one hour yesterday um we were the last group out of the water myself and caroline esbenshade from uh, marine care point cook and what you find is it, even though it is you know it's 19 degrees it's not very very warm you do get quite cold so always nice to have a wetsuit on um something like a, a what we call a three two wetsuit where it's three on the chest and two on the arms and legs is quite sufficient uh, at this time of year uh four three is one that i'd prefer again four mil on the chest and then uh and then three mil on the limbs or the extremities. And actually, yesterday I hopped in with a dive suit, and that's like a, uh, a seven five, so seven mil around the, uh, the the chest, and then the extremities are more like five mil. So I was toasty, um, quite uh, almost a bit of an overkill. But the the wetsuit's a nice one that allows you plenty of flexibility and all that sort of thing. So that's quite important too. The thing with wetsuits is not only do they keep the cold away, but they're fantastic for keeping at bay things like um, jellyfish stings. And yesterday we were lucky enough to, or, or um, you know, uh, lucky enough to see and take some fantastic vision, uh, some some photographs and some video of some lion's mane jellyfish. Cyania uh, anascala is the species that's out there at the moment. The problem with lion's mane jellies is they do tend to have a very po- uh, quite a powerful sting, um, and the, the the issue with them is they've got very uh, thread thin tentacles which can extend to uh, a good size individual to give our listeners a mind's eye picture of what one looks like picture a tennis ball that's red so that's the bell uh not not correctly uh we we can't really call it a head because the the jellyfish isn't cephalized in that way it doesn't have a head as such it's a uh, a red bell with these fine tentacles trailing back uh and numerous tentacles they trail back about two meters and i've observed the lion's mane before they do quite an ingenious thing where they swim through the water column in such a way they head towards the surface they detect when they're there and then they do a u-turn and come back towards the uh the bottom and the tentacles follow of course and if they're trailing back by two meters what that means is they're they're straight away putting those um, those stinging tentacles out and sampling a really considerable volume of the actual water. Um, a lot of the water column is being uh, sampled, if you like, by these um, by these stinging tentacles. So they're really one to watch out for. If you do get stung, it hurts. Whack some ice on it. Uh, give it a, a good uh, rinse, a liberal rinse in fresh water. 
And that's about all you really need to do. They're not going to be the sort of sting that puts anyone in hospital. Uh, certainly, I haven't heard of any sort of anaphylactic reactions occurring from lion's manes in uh, in Melbourne. Uh, the other one to watch out for is the blubber jellies. You will see those from time to time, but we didn't actually, uh, as far as I know, we didn't actually notice any yesterday. Anyway, uh, back in a sec. Great Voices CDs on 3CR. These CDs are a unique collection. Now you can go to 3cr.org.au and you can order online all the 20 CDs, 15 issues, for $160 postage pay. Or check the individual issues and read each track on it. Every major singer is on there. You'll be excited and entranced. Go to 3cr.org.au now and check out the wonderful Great Voices CDs. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Okay, so what did we actually see in the water yesterday? Um, there were a variety of things, as I alluded to before. Eastern shovelnose stingarees, I think we, uh, myself and Caroline as one buddy pair, ended up seeing something like, uh, I think it was about 11 of them. Um, so to get into double figures for a fish count for the, the rays, that really, um, uh, I, I guess that really demonstrates the point of why we were so keen to have the Elasmo Branks, uh, a select bunch of sharks and rays featured on the uh, the fish count uh, underwater recording slates and the uh, VNPA the Victoria National Parks Association uh, in in association with their reef watch program were good enough to uh, take us up on that Cade Mills was instrumental in getting those onto the uh, onto the slates which was terrific Nicole Mertens has taken that over now and she uh, was at the fish count yesterday handed out the uh, the slates and uh, some lovely t-shirts this year too they've uh, they've featured the, um, the the key fish this year isn't a Lasmobrank, it's the Port Jackson shark. Uh, beautiful animals, and we do see them. Uh, it's a little bit boom and bust at Point Cook. You either see uh, one or zero, or you can see great big aggregations. Uh, of course, I saw a massive aggregation of PJs. Uh, we're talking well over 100 strong out at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary way back in 2009. And it was only last year, in um, I think it was December 2017, that Jack Breeden, who's a, a terrific young man um, who's uh, you know embarking on a very exciting career, uh, he takes some wonderful photographs. And if you're, uh, for, for those that are that way inclined, jump on Instagram and check out Meet Me Underwater is his, uh, his uh, well, I guess you'd call it a handle. I'm not really au okay fait with it myself. I do check out his photographs, however, on Instagram, and they're absolutely fantastic. So that's Meet Me Underwater. And uh, he takes some beautiful photographs, Jack. Um, anyway, he saw a bunch of Port Jacksons. I think there were something like 28 of them in a relatively small area at Point Cook. So they're definitely around. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't see any uh, sharks yesterday um, of the Port Jackson or gummy shark variety, which we do see uh, quite regularly as well. So what else did we see? Southern fiddler rays, um, lots of those out and about. Um, to give you an idea of the total counts, by the way, I think uh, all things considered with the um, with the stingarees, there were probably something like, um, I'm guessing it was close to close enough to, uh, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 seen throughout the day. So that's a really, really positive uh, outcome. Um, lots of the buddy pairs were seeing the stingarees, which is fantastic, the eastern shovel nose stingarees. I've got to get back to Jack Breeden on uh, the banded stingaree. We think we may have seen a banded stingaree 
stingaree yesterday. I uh, sort of aren't 100% sure if it's that or the sparsely spotted stingaree, so I do have to look into that in a bit more detail. Um, so we'll have to uh, find that out. Another one, the round stingaree, beautiful thing, black uh, creature with all these lovely round spots. And the southern fiddler ray, the emblem of our uh, marine care point cook group, uh, lots of those around again yesterday. Uh, myself and Caroline saw 12 and the other buddy pairs were bringing in similar sort of results. So all told there, we think we saw somewhere around 70 of them. Uh, so again, a fantastic result. And the thing that I wanted to get across with the Southern Fiddler Rays too is the fact that uh, unfortunately, um, some of our listeners will remember when I spoke to PT Hirschfield who was instrumental in getting Project Banjo and raise awareness campaigns up and running and uh, ultimately being quite successful. Um, we did see a ray yesterday there was a buddy pair um, including uh, Sean Davis from uh, Parks Victoria who was good enough to hop in the water and join us on the fish count yesterday him and a uh, and his buddy saw a, um, a southern fiddler ray with this great big knife injury to the rostrum to the to the snout uh, so he's there's a ray that's uh, clearly survived and it, it looks for all intents and purposes like a, uh, a fisherman has uh, targeted this poor ray and uh, damaged it thankfully hasn't killed it but um, most of the uh, project banjo type uh, situations were occurring on uh, down towards the peninsula the southern end of uh, of Port Phillip Bay um, amongst other areas things areas like Rye and Blair Gowrie Pier uh, we were unfortunately seeing lots of uh, mutilations going on so uh, does that prove that the rays migrate um, at this time of year and move north uh, not 100% sure we can't really take it from one anecdotal sort of finding but that is an area that I would love to do some research in one day we've got a perfect situation at Point Cook for the southern fiddler ray no uh, no surprises, we call the embayment that we were doing the fish counting yesterday, uh, Fiddler Ray Bay, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, lots and lots of the beautiful southern fiddler rays around. Totally harmless animals too, unlike the stingarees, which you have to treat with a fair amount of respect and caution. The southern fiddlers are very, very docile. They're not armed with a stinging spine. So they're a fantastic animal to observe up close. And like I said, I'd love to do some sort of a, whether it's a tagging study or some sort of, uh, collect some sort of residency information. Uh, that sort of stuff you've got to uh, get animal ethics approval for and you do have to do it properly. You've got to get a research permit um, through Parks Victoria, through the uh, the department to get all that sorted out and make sure it's all above board. Um, but that would be something that's well and truly worthwhile and it could be something that we look to apply to the uh, the FRDC, the Fisheries Research and Development Corporation, one fine day when we get around to it. As I've alluded to as well, um, the uh, things like the Great Victorian Fish Count, um, they you know they involve lots of uh, different people and organisations. As I mentioned before, the VNPA, the Victorian National Parks Association, through Nicole Mertens, were involved uh, yesterday. Parks Victoria sent several representative, which was uh, several representatives, which was outstanding. Uh, Jack Breeden is a member of Parks Victoria, but he was uh, there as a, a member of Marine Care Point Cook yesterday. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, Sean Davis was. Uh, good enough to join us in the water. Bernie McCarrick opened up the uh, the gates for the homestead and allowed us to get our vehicles right down near the water, which is, makes it much easier when you're carting all this heavy gear back and forwards. Uh, that was much appreciated. And a big shout out to uh, Jessica Strang and Emily Vary as well. Um, Emily has been uh, instrumental for our uh, marine care groups now for a number of years. She's been a fantastic help and, uh, and continues to do a great job for us. So a big shout out to Parks Victoria. Got to be said that back in 2011, um, Parks copped a a pretty heavy hit from the uh, courtesy of the Auditor General who found that 
when it came to marine protected areas, there wasn't uh, a, a lot of recording in particular about uh, where all the where all the funds were ending up. It wasn't uh, alleged by any means that it was any sort of misappropriation of funds as such, but there was these great big black holes where parks could not really demonstrate where monies had been spent and where effort had been invested. Uh, nowadays, they dot every I, cross every T, and they uh, they they uh, uh, do it very very. Um, uh, you know, in a very, very purposeful manner. And it's great to see uh, situations like yesterday where we had Parks Victoria um, joining us for the uh, the fish count and providing such a, a terrific range of, uh, you know, logistic support when it came to things like OH&S, getting all the paperwork in order before we even set foot in the water. Um, their efforts are very, very much appreciated. Worth pointing out too that um, uh, one of the people who saw one of the uh, the mutilated rays, Mala, his name is, um, he's actually from uh, from. India originally and it's uh, worth pointing out that down at Point Cook Coastal Park it's absolutely fantastic to see a lot of people uh, we're, we're in Point Cook and Wyndham generally we're seeing a, a, enormous amounts of migration lots of uh, Indian people showing up in the area and it hasn't taken them long to realise that we've got that fantastic uh, resource nearby where we uh, you know albeit a marine protected area and the Point Cook Coastal Park where they're able to go down enjoy barbecues get in the water do all those sorts of things they're really uh, a, a lot of people in Enjoying the coastal park on uh, on nice sunny days in, in the summer in particular, which is uh, always fantastic to see. I think we need to do a lot more of that as a society. People are uh, getting too cooped up uh, looking at iPhones and iPads and all that sort of stuff indoors on beautiful days. I think uh, I think that can lead to problems any uh, you know in future. So uh, always a good thing to get out and about and enjoy the great outdoors. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. Anyway, let's uh, break it up a li- little bit here. Let's go to a song. Um, I recently had the pleasure of uh, going to the uh, the great uh, US of A, uh, the United States of America, with uh, Caroline Esbenshade to catch up with her family in Virginia. And also uh, we spent a few days um, by ourselves in New Orleans, and it was a really, really interesting area and a, a nice one to get along to. Here's a song by Sting, and this one's called Moon Over Bourbon Street. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others. The recognition were. of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Hey, speaking about uh, Indigenous, our Indigenous brothers and sisters, have a look at, uh, if you get some time today, uh, The uh, today's edition of the Sunday Age features a fascinating article on um, the oldest aquaculture system on the planet, uh, and that was set up by uh, Aboriginals in the uh, Budge Bim, it's called, um, uh, Lake Conda uh, region of uh, basically what it was was a system of intricate lava flows and... And uh, they've, they've set up basically gully-type aquaculture systems where they were growing eels and fattening them up. Um, so pretty amazing article. If you get time to have a look at that, it's well worthwhile. A good article in today's Sunday age. Anyway, back to the uh, Great Victorian fish count. Um, what else did we see in the uh, the waters yesterday out of Point Cook? Um, a couple of species that uh, weren't 
overly plentiful, but they, they were there. And, and of course, we're only sampling a relatively small amount of the 300 hectare marine protected area. Uh, remember that too. Um, five flathead in total, and we also saw a flounder. Now, a uh, beautiful greenback flounder. Uh, those things are, uh, those are fish species that certainly benefit from uh, it, the um, status of being a marine protected area. Uh, very, very important that those sorts of fish species are protected. And not so much um, things like globefish and toadies, of course, they've got toxic flesh that people aren't, anyone in their right mind is not going to be targeting those sorts of fish. So they probably don't benefit as much as the uh, potentially commercially important species. Things like dusky morwongs, those famous uh, photo bombers, they're very, very inquisitive, the dusky morwong. Um, you see them in all different uh, sizes and colour patterns. Um, you know, we're talking everything from a foot long, basically to uh, close to or even greater than a metre. Um, quite a, a big animal at times and they, uh, they almost look a bit intimidating. They, they don't appear to be scared of you, but then they can take off an enormous amount of uh, speed when they want it. And they will, uh, the best thing, my best advice with a dusky morwong, if you want to see one up close, do a duck dive, go down towards the bottom, making sure that there's no uh, rays or anything directly underneath you. And uh, they will often come right up and approach you. So they're very, very um, inquisitive and curious animals. So they're always a favourite, the dusky morwong. And we, we do see very good uh, levels of dusky morwongs around. We've been seeing good numbers of them for quite some time now. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're not a fish that's famous as a plate fish, so they, they may not benefit as much as some of the others from the point of view of marine protected areas, but it is a promising thing that we're seeing so many of them, and that's something that uh, I was discussing with Mark Rodrigue from Parks Victoria a while ago. The fish count data seems to suggest that uh, the dusky morwong populations are on the up, on the increase, which is always a, uh, a nice thing. So quite a few other fish species, uh, Victorian scaly fins and a few others as well. Um, saddled wrasse and a, a few others so it was well and truly uh, worthwhile a big shout out to the uh, volunteers of uh, Marine Care Point Cook uh, Darren Benici, Eva Klusacek, uh, Susie Inglis and her daughter Ruby, Tonya Fong, uh, Jacqueline Flynn who was the uh, previous the inaugural president of Marine Care Point Cook without whose efforts we wouldn't be uh, running around with Marine Care Point Cook today I've got no doubt about that it was fantastic catching up with Jacqueline again uh, uh, yesterday so uh, yeah really good um, really good turnout and uh, and Muller and of course the um, the representatives from Parks Victoria and the VP, VNPA who helped us out so much on the day. Anyway, time to run. Uh, stay tuned for Out of the Bloom. Uh, sorry, Out of the Pan with Sally, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Oh, no, no, no. 